Welcome to Work and the Future, a podcast about tomorrow, with your host, Linda Nazareth. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. You know, we've talked about so many different aspects of the work world post-pandemic, but one thing we sometimes don't talk about enough is how the workplace will physically look when we get back to it. And it may not be as quick as we wanted it to be, but we know we're going to get there at some point. When we do, are we going to have a different mindset? And what does that mean for our workspaces? Because you know, we're going to always be more worried about safety and transmitting viruses uh, than we were in the past. Some of us more than others, but certainly organizations are going to worry more about that. Because we know there may well be another virus at some point, but there's other considerations as well. We've gotten used to working from home or maybe working from outside on our patios or just not in a regular office setting. So when we do come back, we're going to bring a different sensibility to what we want our workspaces to look like. So really, it's worth giving some thought to how we want it all to look. Well, our guest today has put a lot of thought into this. This is what she does for a living, and she has some great thoughts about all. Her name is Nassim Kurding, and she's head of design at the Office Group. That's a design company based in London, England. They specialize in creating flexible workspaces. That didn't start with the pandemic. It's something they've always done. They've tried to be creative with. And she has, as I said, been working on designs for post-pandemic offices. And she has some really great ideas about what we should be adding to those workspaces. Had a really great conversation with her. Please stay with us. But what should and could workspaces look like post-pandemic? Nassim Kirking is the head of design of the Office Group, and she has some definite ideas about this. She joins us now from London, England. Nassim, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. I'm glad we can make this happen. Absolutely. You know, I have so many questions about design and workspaces, but I like to start by asking my guests about their own careers and how they ended up doing what they're doing. Was it a straight line or did you try other things? I've always had um, an appreciation for architecture and a love for art and design as as a young child. So it felt kind of natural to flow into um architecture it was actually um workplace was an interesting one i think i found uh, found a way to connect um helping people with design because i felt like when i first landed in workplace design i had the ability to help people in their everyday lives make their lives better through design so workplace i landed in it quite accidentally with my first job and my love for that started since and and then yeah i've i've then moved to london i had my own business for a while and then started with the office group two years ago now. So yeah, it's been a great journey and um, this working for the office group is great because they have such an appreciation for design and an understanding of workplace. So it's, it's just great. Two years ago is before the pandemic. We're getting into the second year, well into the second year, but before the pandemic, you still had to create workable creative spaces. What was that like before the pandemic? What were people looking for? Yeah, I think pre-pandemic, we almost had a formula. We had a way we did things. We knew exactly what people wanted, how they liked to work, how businesses worked. And we just kind of carried it through. And then all of a sudden, this lovely and difficult thing, the pandemic, hit us. 
and we had to look at workplace differently. And it's kind of a blessing in disguise. It's almost like um, the push for it just pushed us into accelerated, as people say, the change that needed to happen in workplace. So now that people are so normally working at home so easily um, and comfortably working at home, they need a more compelling reason to come into the office. So all of a sudden our design minds changed and we had to just think up what is, what are the reasons people want to come to work? How can we bring them back to the office and why? Um, and actually create meaningful reasons for that, not just um, to bring them back in, but it was more like a, to create meaning and give them yeah, just a more compelling reason to come in. So that was really good for us. And we've we've come up with all sorts of things and we're trying and testing things daily. Uh, but it's a journey for everyone because we're not fully back in the office yet, uh, but we're in, in between stages where we're testing out different ideas and we're getting a lot of client feedback around what they want. Well, let's talk about the things you're testing out because we were testing things out pre-pandemic. When I walked into some offices you know, in tech or outside of tech, before the pandemic started, I was surprised at the big workspaces and the little meeting areas and you know the things people were trying then. So what is the difference? What are the things you're going to try now that people don't want to be in necessarily at all? I think we now know that when they do come in, being on Zoom calls is a thing. That's not going anywhere. So we need to now design better spaces with better acoustics, uh, better tech. We know that um, also again, when they do come in, they're probably not going to be coming in as much for focused work and checking emails because they're doing that at home. So probably creating more collaborative environments is something we're considering. So we're now re-looking at furniture, maybe not designing as many spots for focus work, less spots for focus work, more for collaborative work. So more looser, more agile settings. The other thing that's quite, um, quite interesting is that living in London, a lot of young people have small homes a lot of people have small homes doesn't matter if you're young or old or whatever there's a lot of small homes so um spaces that amenity spaces are quite key to returning to the office so for example let's say um in a few of our in a few of our spaces we've got meditation rooms and that's something we've seen that has been received quite well because people might not be able to do that at home but hey like why not do it in the office so yeah, we're, we're looking at different amenities as well and how we can enhance the office experience. Interesting. You mentioned mindsets. How do you think mindsets have changed? And we're, as I said, we're what, 16 months into this. Now it's kind of been a process. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because yeah, I'm a worker. You're, you're also a worker. Like how has our mindsets changed? And, and personally, I think it's like um, a demand for choice. And, and freedom. I think before maybe working nine to five, five days a week was just the way things were done. And now we're able to demand a bit of freedom and flexibility in our work. We're, we're able to say like, hey, you know what? I really want to go for a jog this morning. I'm going to start half an hour later, but I will do half an hour in the evening. So I think the mindset of the worker has changed as well as the mindset of the employer. They're, they're now almost um, not forced, but I'd say even everyone, including, you know, the employers are, are interested in a more flexible way of work. Yeah. Of working. It's so hard for a company to forecast what, com- what people are going to want, because I remember being in a large financial institution before the pandemic and the manager I was speaking to said, you know what, we got it wrong. We thought 
people really wouldn't want to be here that much and more people want to be here than we had figured. So we're, you know, grappling for this post pandemic. I don't even know how you could get that right. I know it's such an interesting question. I was speaking to someone about this yesterday because a lot of people say things like, Oh, the younger generation, they want flexible work. They want to be flexible and not come back to the office. But that's also not true. We're seeing that. I mean, in my team personally, it's the it's the more it's the younger people in in our um, business who are wanting to come back, who um, want to collaborate, who want to see people, mm-hmm. who want space, who want to listen to conversations and overhear interesting things and learn. So, whereas I think maybe some of the older generation they know how to do their job and they want they are they love flexibility a bit more and they love they probably prefer working from home more so i don't when some people when people say oh is this the death of the office i would argue no because it's just a different style office it's it's not the end of it it's going to be just a different a different office okay so suppose you are redesigning an office you're a company you're a manager what are the most important spaces to have for the most important considerations such a great question um Okay, so I'm just thinking about current client demands as well in that. Um, so as I mentioned, spaces for private calls and Zooms, that's not going anywhere. That is a must. The breakout spaces as well. Um, also, we're seeing a, a small trend in content creation spaces as well. So that's quite cool. People are creating content no matter what their um, line of work may be. So that's that's another interesting one. I wouldn't say that's a need, more like a nice to have, but the needs are great acoustics, really good lighting. If you can get circadian human-centered lighting, then you're you're winning. Um, great air quality um, and amenities. These are the things that um, I think are really quite key to an office. What about the open concept? part of this. I mean, it was bad enough when you weren't going to get a disease from your coworkers. Now, you know, the idea of having everyone close together, is that in fashion? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think, I think it's, I think we're seeing a bit of both, probably not so um, open as before, but a hybrid of having enclosed spaces, meeting rooms, focus booths. Uh, so more built spaces than before, but um, not completely open. But at the same time, I don't think we're going back to cellularized offices anytime soon. You know, I was looking at some of the designs you've worked on. And one thing I found interesting is you sometimes incorporate green spaces. Tell mm-hmm. us about that. Why do you put that in? It's funny. We're, we're getting kind of known for that now, which I, which I find quite nice. But um well, first and foremostly, this isn't probably the key reason why we we put plants in our spaces, but it's a natural way to filter the air. So I think even in your home office, it's, it's great to have plants. Um, but it's actually, it's proven to help with mental health. And, uh, I wouldn't say mental health, but um, it creates a sense of calmness. So that's something that it brings to the office. And also we just generally get such great feedback from clients. They love to see greenery in our spaces. I think it's that connection to nature. It's just a a natural human um, need or want. Yeah, so, yeah, we we love doing it and we we do it a lot. It it takes up a lot of time and effort, but, um, yeah, it's, it's great, I think. And you also give a lot of consideration to color. I find that interesting. What are the colors that make you productive or the people like working in? 
So my, um, my golden rule for colors is always to select within nature's palette. So I wouldn't go for anything garish or um, too acidy or anything. I, I always tend to stick with the uh, colors that you find within nature. So lovely blues and greens and, um, you know, soft pinks and, and oranges. Yeah. So that's, that's probably my golden rule, but color always, I think that's a must for offices, especially if like personally, my home is quite neutral. I love going into offices that have a bit more color and excitement in that. So yeah, I would, I would always recommend um, color in workspace. And I'm trying to think if I've even seen that. I think I've seen a lot of gray and white and cream. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I think that maybe used to be, I would say we're probably trending now towards color more than before. Because you're right, offices were known as like white with office lighting, white desks. And, and yeah, I mean, personally, we're testing out putting more and more color in our offices now and and in the furniture in our offices people are, are asking for it if we don't put it in our clients will will demand it so yeah it's i think it's becoming more of a thing i guess it's this whole idea of you're at home and home is maybe more neutral but when you go to the office it's 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 a space to get energy so color gives you that energy interesting well i want to talk about home offices because it seems like for a lot of people it's never going to be 100 percent outside the home and what happened in the first part of the pandemic is people kind of move really quickly to clear off a table or maybe find a bit of a room they didn't have the right lighting they didn't have the right chairs uh, but now that they've accepted they're going to be home for longer maybe they're going to you know rethink that so if you're rethinking it you're going to create a home office uh, what should you put the, at the top of your list and you know what are the nice to haves yeah, I think I would actually say the rules would be the same as designing for workspace, actually. So I think your lighting has to be key. And I don't imagine you can easily add circadian lighting into your, in your home office, but perhaps position yourself um, adjacent to natural light. So coming from behind the screen is how I prefer it, just so that it lights the face when you're on Zoom calls. Um, so natural light is key. The next is 100% ergonomic. So making sure you're on a fully ergonomic task chair is key for your health and back and everything. And that I would add to that, making sure you're moving often and taking lots of breaks. So that's not necessarily home office design, but it's it's so important. And then um, the other thing I would say is acoustics. It's it's really for me, it's so distracting when, um, cause I've got a little dog here who always barks and, um, yeah, just making sure you're in a space where you can shut the door and, and, um, block out as much noise as possible so you can focus on your work. And yeah, I, even though I have this set space in my home that I love to work, I will always make sure I'm moving around, um, during the day. And yeah, so movement is, is super key. I guess the nice to haves, um, would be, a a task light and I wouldn't say an ergonomic task chair is nice to have I think that's a must and maybe like we've even talked about creating scents um so like maybe a nice candle or something is a nice to have well, that's interesting and what color would you paint this office that you're setting up probably the color you've got there which is like a lovely <laughs> I actually do like that uh it's interesting I set up my home office to do work at home and um, it's a very pale blue wall here and then you know as I started doing many more presentations because I'm a keynote speaker I had to set up a green screen along one wall and if I was starting from scratch I would have done things very differently so it, it hits me that you know we're going to be constantly evolving in this 
Mm. I mean, it, it goes back to the point of, I mean, this content creation thing is definitely a thing. Imagine if you could have a space in an office where you could go to create your content. That would be so great. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It's it's evolving. I, I mean, I can imagine your green screen. I, that's wild that you have a green screen in your home office. Oh, very yeah. Cool. I do full presentations. It looks like a studio. So I've covered one wall. And I have pretty good lighting. It's not really all turned on right now. But that was something I didn't think I would have to, to buy when I started, you know, working at home. Um, now, certainly a really high quality mic is not something everybody bought early on, but as we've moved through the pandemic, we have. What's the next thing you think that'll be really key for offices and also home offices? The next nice to have, you mentioned content creation, but what else? Yeah, I think, I think that where there's a huge movement, I can't believe I haven't spoken about this yet because it's so key, but towards spaces catered to well-being. So we know, like in our offices, I can just I can describe some of the things we've we've tried to to add in. Um, so when we can, we'll have a yoga room. Um, what else? As I mentioned before, a meditation room. Space. Uh, the other thing is a parents' room is is really great to have as well. A space where parents can. Um, do whatever they need to do um, for women and men, open to everybody. And uh, I'm trying to think of what else, just general well-being and functional things like spaces for bike storage if you're cycling in. And even I would even go so far as to say like a healthy food and beverage offer is another great thing in office space. Um, and, yeah, all about well-being. I think the future future will it's moving towards sustainability and making sure that everything that we're designing is designed in a sustainable way and um, thinks a lot about the impact it has on the environment. So that's the even more future, I think. I, I mean, it's it's now, isn't it? It's not really a future future. No, it's not. But it's interesting you're mentioning all these things that are good to have. That means there's going to be a real need for space. And there's kind of this narrative that we're going to need a lot less space because people will be at home. Are you seeing that? An interesting thing because we have over 50 buildings in in the UK and in Germany and we're finding that clients really love our um, ability to move between buildings actually so they'll get a membership and they'll be able to work in all different parts of the city so maybe you're right in that space it won't be about space but it'll be about movement and the ability to move through the city and have access to space which is an interesting thing to think about. Interesting you mentioned moving back and forth. We talked earlier about the hybrid office. What's the difference between the conventional office and the hybrid office if you accept that some of your workers won't be in regularly? Yeah, I think, so you mean traditional versus hybrid? Yeah. Or flexible, yeah. So flexible. I'm not uh, sure what word we're using, but suppose you figure, you know, you'll have some workers, well, some companies say they want everybody back, right? And some accept that most people will be at home. But if you are going to be kind of fluid between the two, what are the things you have to think about most? Yeah, I think um, I think we're realizing that it's it's a lot about um, mental health in a way and working the way you want. So making sure that when you do need to be at home to do your focus work, you're able to. Um, and then when when you want that collaboration and connection with people, then you're able to go to the office. Um, yeah, I think it's it's 
the world of work is moving towards flexibility and ultimate flexibility. And I think that's what distinguishes FlexSpace, what we do um, with a more conventional thing is that we do provide this, this ultimate flexibility. So not only like flexibility and how you set up your office, but also like the choice to, of where to be able to work, whether whether you're at home is one thing, but also like what side of town you want to work on. So it's it's just about having that ultimate flexibility, I think. Maybe this is not a fair question to you, but I'm interested in your view. Um, when people go back to work, are they going to be dressed the same way? Do you think we'll have a revolution in, in all of that? Love that question because you know, like that when everyone sits on a Zoom call that they're actually wearing like pajama bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely think that we're going to see a change in clothing. Um, I would like to see that. I mean, I love, but I still do love dressing up for work, <laughs> getting up, getting ready, feeling feeling special and different. But I'm also that exact person that when I'm working from home, I am wearing the most comfortable clothing I own because I've got a head down focus on my emails. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think there will be a change Um in a more like casual chic sort of way. But I do think the, the need and want to dress up because we've been cooped up indoors for so long. I think we want to go to work and look our best. I have a feeling that it's going to come back bigger than ever. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to watch. Nassim, uh, it's been so great to talk to you. It'll be really interesting to see where we go with all this over the next year or two. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I mean, I love talking to you about this. Thank you so much. Nassim Korting is the head of design at the Office Group. Well, that's it for today. If you want to know more about Nassim and her work, please check out her show notes. You'll find some links there. If you want to connect with me, I'm on Twitter at, at @relentlesseco. If you did enjoy this discussion about the future of work, please take a moment, leave a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll really help people to find us, and that will help us continue these discussions around the future of work. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks, as always, to Stokely Audio for audio production. To learn more about work and the future and to see show notes, go to the workandthefuturepodcast.com. You can also contact us at comments at the workandthefuturepodcast.com. The Work and the Future Podcast with Linda Nazareth is a relentless economics production.